Good morning, friends. And just a, a quick reminder that we'll be celebrating communion with one another today right after our sermon. So if you haven't gone to your kitchen and got out your bread and your juice, I'd invite you to go and find your elements now. This weekend is the 20th time that we've done these, these digital worship services. And I have to be honest, I was a little skeptical about how communion might look in our homes at first. But I've grown to really appreciate the imagery of our kitchen and dining room tables and our coffee tables becoming the Lord's table. In our living rooms and backyards, wherever you're watching the service, wherever you're participating in worship, transforming into sanctuaries. This season has made us rethink what we mean when we talk about being the church, about how we, we grow in faith, how we, we gather with one another, and how we, how we serve and love our neighbors. It's also forced me to think a little differently about the concept of, of Sabbath. In a time where we all get to spend a lot more time at home, some of us working and going to school from home, how do we find rest? Where do we go to find rest? And, and when do we actually find it? In our journey through the spiritual disciplines this summer, we've, we've already talked through two disciplines that encourage us to take a, a step back and, and breathe and just kind of take a break. Meditation and solitude. And, and today we're focusing on another one of those disciplines, this, this discipline of Sabbath. Something that goes all the way back to the creation of time and something that, that is important for God and for God's people throughout all of history. So I will never forget the first time I got pulled over for speeding. I got my license, my driver's license, the day that I turned 16 years old. And while the thought of me driving around our family's minivan unsupervised probably terrified some of our neighbors. It also meant that I could chauffeur the neighborhood carpool back and forth to school. And this was before you had to wait a year before you got to drive your friends around in the car. But I actually got pulled over for speeding before I got my driver's license, when I was only 15. I was driving the carpool to school with my mom, and because I only had my permit, she was sitting in the passenger seat next to me. My parents' neighborhood sits at the top of this hill, so I picked up speed going down the hill, and we were pulled over because I was going six or seven or eight or nine miles an hour over the speed limit. My mom sitting next to me, she was, she was fuming, and my friends, they were in the back of the van, and they were laughing hysterically. And to add insult to injury, because I only had my permit, my mom was the one who was written up. Now, I'd love to say that that's the only time I've ever been pulled over for speeding, but, but it's not. We live in, in a world that moves at an incredibly fast pace. We've got places to go. We've got things to do. We, we're important. We've got to be in important places. And sometimes we need someone or something to remind us that we're moving too fast and we need to slow down. The Sabbath is that reminder. It reminds us to, to hit pause and to make intentional space for what we consider to be sacred. The passage that Pastor John read earlier is the fourth commandment in the list of ten that Moses gives to God's people. Now, the first three of those commandments, they focus on the relationship between God and between humans. It's where we read things like, you shall have no other gods before me, you shouldn't worship idols, and don't take the Lord's name in vain. 
And then the last six, the last six commandments, they're all about relationships with one another. That's where we read things like, like honor your mom and dad. Don't, don't steal. Don't commit adultery. And, and don't cover your neighbor's house or what they have in their house. And right in between those two sets of commandments, one about our relationship with God and one about our relationship with one another, is this commandment about Sabbath and instructions uh, about what we're supposed to do with Sabbath. Historically, for God's people, the Sabbath, it ties together community and in command. So for committed Jews, sundown Friday to sundown Saturday is is sacred time. So, So you spend time during the entire week preparing for that sacred time. For a time in our, our country's history, there are these things called blue laws. Some of you may remember them where, where certain uh, establishments were restricted for what they could do on, on Sunday morning, kind of reserving the day for religious activity. And it really comes from a distorted understanding of a Puritan heritage. Sabbath was, was never supposed to be about restrictions, never supposed to be about morality. It, it, it's supposed to be about identity and about celebration. So for a lot of people in the Jewish community, still to this day, the goal is for it to be a foretaste of paradise. The the commandment begins, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Now there's there's two critical words in the start of this command. It's the first word, the, the first word is Sabbath, which simply means to rest or to cease. In the Hebrew calendar, it's the seventh day of the week. The the second word is one of the most important words in the entire Bible. It's the Hebrew word word Kodesh. And we translate it sometimes as holy and sometimes as as set apart. The first time the word appears is is in the book of Genesis. God separates lightness and darkness. He creates earth and sky, all plants and animals, and eventually humankind. And at the end of each step, of creation, we're told that God saw whatever God created and it was good. But something different happens on the seventh day. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Did you catch that? He, he made it holy. God doesn't start with a holy place, a holy location, like a, a mountain or a river. Holiness, the concept of holiness, is first introduced in Scripture during the concept of, of time. It's connected to time. Now, we're not going to get too, too far into this, but, but holiness isn't really connected to space until God's people fail the first two commandments. After they worship a thing, a golden calf, up while, while Moses is up on the mountain uh, in Mount Sinai. It's after that moment that the tabernacle is built and a, a physical space is consecrated by Moses to be holy. The sanctity of time came first. Then came the concept of holy people and, and holy things, like the, the tabernacle and the synagogue. There's an author that I, I, I read fairly frequently named Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel, and, and he puts it like this. 
Six days a week, we live under the tyranny of things of space. On Sabbath, we try to become attuned to holiness in time. There's something mysterious about this word, kadosh, holiness, especially as it's attached to the word Sabbath. So when we practice Sabbath routinely, we we submit ourselves to the uncomfortable parts of our faith. We, We recognize that we are vulnerable. And and we lose the need to have answers for each and every question. And we also set up a a rhythm to our week that reminds us that there is a purpose to each and every day. So the command says, labor for six days. Labor for six days. So we're supposed to do that. We're made for work. But we are more than our work. We are more than what we produce. So in that, that same book by Rabbi Heschel, he, uh, he, 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 he talks about the six days before Sabbath uh, preparing for the holy day. And those six days, they're kind of a, a pilgrimage of sorts, getting ready for Sabbath. I don't know about you all at, at home, but typically I don't think of my week as preparation for the weekend. It's actually usually the other way around. I, I kind of collapse into, into the weekend treating it as a a respite or a break from the week. Heschel reminds us that we shouldn't just just fall into this day of rest. Sabbath takes preparation. We have to get ready for it. So in the Jewish tradition, people prepare for Sabbath by by getting meals ready ahead of time, by making sure their their Shabbat candles are, are ready, and by reading scripture that prepares them for Sabbath, for the holy time. What does that look like for us? Have you ever thought about preparing for Sabbath? Preparing for a weekly time of holy rest? Now, according to the commandment in in verses 9 and and 10, it it doesn't matter where you're from or, or what you believe, if you're a child or if you're a servant or if you're simply a visitor somewhere, The Sabbath is to be set aside. It's for people from all walks of life. So even if we we fail to observe it, if we write it off as something that doesn't apply to us for whatever reason, that doesn't make the day any less important. It just means that we are missing out on experiencing the sort of holiness that Scripture talks about. Now, people have always struggled with how exactly the holy day is supposed to look. So in the Jewish community, uh, you'll typically find 39 classifications of, of, of what's to be avoided, the sort of work that's to be avoided. And in the Christian tradition, uh, we've debated how and, and when exactly we should observe the day. Now, I find at least a, a little bit of, of solace in knowing that, that communities have struggled with this concept of Sabbath for quite some time. And we read about one of the debates that was had during Jesus' day in Mark chapter 2. So Jesus and his disciples, they're walking through some grain fields on Sabbath, and as they walked, they're picking grain. A few of the Pharisees, they see them, and they call them out, and they say, Hey, what are you doing? Why why are you doing this on the Sabbath? It's unlawful to pick grain on the Sabbath. Don't you, don't you know that? Now, usually when we think about the Pharisees, we, we picture them as this, these kind of pious uh, religious officials who were constantly out to get Jesus and constantly out to trap the disciples. And, and, and that picture is partially true, but sometimes it can be misleading. 
The, the Pharisees were really an unofficial party, and they didn't really have any any uh, kind of specific authority. But in the eye of the public, they, they were experts on religious law, simply because they had centuries and centuries of experience of, of these religious religious laws passed down from one generation to the next. So, so when they call to Jesus and they call him out and his disciples, they're doing the same thing they would have done to anyone who, who is who anyone who is leading a movement or who, who anyone who is maybe uh, doing something contrary to what their law said. So, so Jesus and his disciples, they were they're breaking a commandment and in their mind. It was their job to make sure that their faith wasn't being misrepresented, that, that what they believed wasn't being misunderstood. And Jesus responds this way in Mark chapter 2, verse 25. Have you never read what David did when he was and his companions were hungry and in need? In the day of Abathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now notice that, that Jesus doesn't refute the claim that the disciples were breaking the Sabbath. He, he doesn't say, no, 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 it's not really the Sabbath or you didn't really see that. Instead, he points to the circumstance. Now, there's another place where he does the, the same thing. He, he, he's questioned again by the Pharisees, this time uh, about healing on the Sabbath. And, and that time he, he responds, if, if one of your kids or one of your, your livestock falls into a well on a, on, a, on a Sabbath day, wouldn't you pull it out? Wouldn't you, wouldn't you go and get it? And, and the Pharisees, they're, they're completely dumbfounded by the question. They, they had nothing to say because they knew that they would do what they needed to do to save their child or to save their livestock. They, they'd follow the law but they'd also look at their circumstances. And, and, and Jesus' answer here says, it's not about the, the rules and regulations. It is about so much more. So he, he refers to David, to the days before he was crowned as king, but after he had already been anointed by Samuel to become king, and, and David got to choose when his people ate because he was becoming it might seem like a, like a subtle claim to us, but to the, the Pharisees, it would have been very direct. Jesus is saying, look, the king is here. The king is in your presence. And I get to say when my friends eat. He, he drives that point home. But when he says when he says this, he says the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the son of man is Lord even of the Sabbath. This isn't Jesus giving license for the for his followers to do whatever they wanted on the Sabbath. What he's saying is this day is about creating room to experience God's holiness. This day is for us. There's a purpose for it. Sabbath might might look different for us right now in, in, in this season that we are in. So for the first two months or so of the shutdown, I, I definitely wasn't taking a Sabbath weekly. It, it felt like I was working twice as hard to get half as much work done. 
And then at some point, I was reminded of this concept of preparing for Sabbath, of being really intentional to, to take steps to prepare for one day of holy rest. What, what might that look like for you? Whether you're retired, whether you're working from home, whether you're trying to juggle family in this, this crazy world that we're in right now, what might it look like for you to take time Throughout the week, you have six days to prepare for Sabbath and then to actually take it. It it might mean shopping for groceries ahead of time. It might mean staying up a little bit later a couple nights a week to make sure your laundry gets done or that other chores get done around the house just so your Sabbath really is restful. Each of of the disciplines we're, we're talking about this summer is important, but in today's world, no matter what, what season we're in, keeping a Sabbath, it might be the most difficult of the disciplines. And yet, it's also one of the most important disciplines. Remember, it reminds us that we are more than what we do, that we are more than our work, more than what we can accomplish. So what can you do this week to slow down? What do you need to do to prepare for holy rest? Let's pray together. Loving God, you are Lord over all things, which includes all time. Lord, help us to be a a people who who seek to set aside a day to, to find holy rest. We pray these things in your name. Amen.